1: Well, welcome back. Hope everybody's had a wonderful Thanksgiving weekend this weekend. Hope you didn't didn't get run over in the stores yesterday (laughs) or today. But uh, anyway, it's been a very interesting year. When you look back at what all you have to be thankful for, it's hard to believe that a lot of uh, stock funds are have either made up or are very close to where they were near the beginning of the year when markets had uh, peaked before they knew about the coronavirus. That's amazing. So, what are they? Why is this happening? Well, actually, it's probably because the anticipation of the cures that are being out there, that are being talked about out there. Actually, in fact, I'm looking at uh, Bloomberg Business Week. And there's an article in there about uh, Operation Warp Speed and how many vaccines they'll be able to get out, how many companies have them. It, it's pretty fascinating. And it, it's, a, it's actually a good thing. The, uh, the tough part about something like this is that you know, it's so difficult psychologically and emotionally. And, and it has a whole lot of people not you know maybe thinking uh, as clearly as they should or could. And then you have an election year, which is always stressful. So we've had all this stuff going on. And uh, man, I'm just going to be really grateful to get to 2021. (laughs) And uh, see a lot of this stuff go by the wayside. And um, you know, there will always be problems. There there are always going to be problems. And the problems that we have today, um, quite frankly, a lot of them, we've seen a lot of this stuff before. So I guess we've got more experience now and can deal with it a little quicker, a little easier. The whole world moves faster. Capital moves significantly faster than it ever has because of all the computers involved in uh, financial services industries in general. That, it, it's all good stuff. I mean, I'm looking at it in the, uh, what are the negatives? Uh, well, we still have the pandemic. You know, that, That's pretty negative. That slows things down. It's actually picking up speed again. So that might slow things down a little bit here in the short run, but in the long run, and I—it's unbelievable the how the speed has picked up on the advancement of a number of things. It's not just you know drug companies working together to get vaccines out. I mean, governments have worked together like they've never worked together in the history of the world. That's mind-boggling. I look at all the the 5G stuff we've been talking about here for an extremely long time, that is just in its infancy. I mean, it is just getting, you know what it's like? It's actually like where computers were in about 1994. I'm probably one of the few people that remembers that because I always had to pay for my own computers. (laughs) And in 1994, computers weren't very fast. You had internet, but it was, there were no pictures on it. Basically, you would get into a chat room where you could send texts or emails. About, uh, that, that was about the extent of it. And if you look back to those days, and everybody knew well, we didn't know just how fast and how much and how deep and, and actually the design of the modern internet, we had no idea that that was going to come, that they would be able to du- duplicate a lot of that, the pictures, uh, 4k, you know, touch screens with super high clarity. All that kind of stuff. Uh, but if you go back and you look in history where we were right around 1994-95, um, I think we're right there with 5G. That will have an impact. It's going to improve the clarity of the pictures. Actually, you'll probably actually be able to see people in 3D. What you can now, uh, you get a set of goggles, and uh, but that's going to be communication. You're going to be looking, you're going to put the goggles on, and then talk to whoever it is that you want to talk to. <laughs> that is hilarious to think of that. But, uh, but that's, you know, that is just around the corner. That technology already exists. And a lot of the technology that exists that's being rolled out, that, that's the challenge. And quite frankly, in America, we, we actually, it's a little bit more challenging here because you have 330 million people. I think it's the fifth largest uh, country by population but they're spread out and they're all, we are all over the place. I think America is a fairly large country. You look at Europe and you know, Germany's not that big. Uh, England, I think is the size of Pennsylvania, Ohio and Indiana. That's it. So they can actually roll out faster than we can because their population is more dense than ours is. And they're not covering as many miles as we are. The 5g, if you've read anything about it has a problem with, being able to broadcast over long distances, so you got to put a lot of these little towers up, uh, or transceivers. And the good news is those things are tiny. I mean, they're very, very small. So it's not like you have to put up big towers every 300 feet or so. That would defeat the whole. Uh, that would defeat that industry if if you had to do that. But it's it's really changed a lot of the way that we're living, especially with the pandemic. People doing working from home, at doctor's visits. And we are just getting started with that. And it's funny, I I try to talk to some older people about it. And, of course, they don't want to learn technology. I get it. It's very frustrating. I think one of the worst things in the world is is how frequently you have to change a password. I have a password manager. I literally have software that I pay money for every month to be able to to organize and keep up with that stuff. Because I've got more than a couple hundred of them. And they're always forcing me to go back and change it. Well, I'm here to tell you, they have technology that can read your voice print. Your voice print is just as unique as your fingerprint is. They can read your face print. Uh, It's not really a face print. The distance between your eyes, your nose, and your upper lip, that's also unique. And so the facial recognition software can recognize that. The, uh, and you've got other biometrics, you know, you can scan your hand or your one of your fingers. And, you know, I think everybody's got the devices with Mac for that. Or uh, uh, anybody that has an iPhone is already familiar with that. Actually, on my iPhone, I use the facial recognition. So what I'm saying here is that we are really close. I mean, probably within five to ten years of not having to have house keys. You'll come up to your house. It's going to read your biometrics and let you in. And if you don't have them all, you don't get in. And every time I start thinking about that, I start thinking about some of those, uh, mission impossible movies with Tom Cruise and they put the masks on <laughs> and they even have the things in there that, that changes your voice. But the, uh, uh as far as I know, that doesn't actually work, but the, <laughs> it makes for good movies. <laughs> yeah. And we are hoping that it doesn't work, but, uh, so, it's unbelievable how close we are to that. And I remember reading about all this stuff back in the mid-1996. I uh, saw what was going on in 94, 93, and I'm looking at it going, wow, this is, uh, this is pretty interesting. So I started following all that and um, trying to follow up. And by the way, you know what one of the better publications is? It's actually Popular Science. It's unbelievable. The uh, Popular Science is written for the general public. Those guys are like 10 years in advance. <laughs> A lot of this stuff that they do is not going to show up for 10 years or so. And then uh, and you look back, you go, wow, I remember reading about that. Yeah, yep, that's going to happen. So there's so much going on that's going to fuel the growth in the future. Solar panels, you know, that's been around for forever. Go to Tesla's website, by the way. You want to you want to really spend a couple minutes and maximize the amount of time that you're going to spend researching uh, alternative energy. You know, basically electricity, not just cars. Now, Solar City; those were his cousins. He bought that company. That's part of them now, and it's one of the bigger solar panel manufacturers in the world. And the Tesla batteries for your homes and your cars. And they're spending a whole lot of money on that stuff. That's why that stock is so richly valued because people are looking at all the, the businesses that he's in are all growing 30% or better. The industries are all growing by a third or better. Now, that is mind-boggling. That's why people are willing to pay so much for that stock. And I don't mean much by the share price. I mean, when you look at the sales that they have now, And you look at the profits, the share price is not, it's not a deal. It's not a bargain, but I can see how they get talked into or how they start thinking about, yeah, well, these guys are just going to keep growing. And then they're in the fastest growing industries and are already doing billions and billions and billions of dollars in sales. And it's still growing by 30% a year. Okay. You know, just don't put a lot of money in there. And I know it's in several of the funds that I own. So that that's how I own it. I don't really worry about getting an individual position in it. It has come up on the Lookout for the Bull list several times, and I've owned it every time it came up. And uh been very profitable doing that. So when I look at what they're doing for the overall economy, thank goodness for people like Elon Musk. I don't know what you think about him, but I'm just thankful he's around because he just keeps pushing the envelope. And he was one of the original... Um, partners with PayPal. That was a long time ago when he was really, really young. That's where he got the, a lot of the funding and got the reputation to be able to get funding for Tesla when they were doing basically just electric cars. They looked like toy cars, actually. They were really small. And uh, he got a $500 million grant, a $500 million grant. Okay, grant means you don't have to pay it back from the federal government of the United States. And thank goodness, <laughs> because he's really used that money very well. He's grown the uh, an unbelievably large company. So I'll uh, stop talking a lot about that. But these are all things that are going on behind the scenes. They're not in the day to day headlines because you're not going to see that. First of all, they're behind the scenes. You know whether I would be using electricity that was generated by a solar panel, a uh, a windmill, or a uh, uh, it it was captured by the solar panel and was stored in a battery and then was used. Nobody knows. Nobody pays attention to that because very few people are responsible for paying the bills for all that equipment. You know, if, if they're paying a bill for it, then they know, <laughs> but this stuff is a lot of it's just behind the scenes and it's growing like crazy. It's going to provide an enormous amount of growth for the future. It's going to provide jobs for the future man, if I were a kid in high school, I'd be looking to be an electrician because all this stuff has to be hooked up. So I would, uh, that's what I would look to do. And, uh, back, I tried to do that when I got out of high school. Actually, if if I had gotten accepted, I, I, you would probably wouldn't be here right now. I'd probably, probably have my uh, electrical contracting company just working away. The, uh, and, uh, thank goodness, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. And a lot of electricians do incredibly well in the, uh, um, Oh, but at the time that I went to apply for it, you couldn't be colorblind, and I didn't even know I was colorblind. I had color impairment. I took the colorblindness test, and they said, "Sorry, man, you can't. <laughs> we, you can't be an electrician. Yeah, you grab the wrong color wire, you're done." <laughs> and I'm going, "Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I guess I will go to college anyway, uh, after all." But the um, it came that close. I was trying to get uh, trying to get in the program. They were all excited, too, because they, uh, I don't know, they came from high schools and stuff like that. That's neither here nor there. But when I look around, I see, all I see is a whole lot of potential, and I see a lot of companies, and I see a lot of countries putting money to work in these industries. And I remember back in the uh, that, in my earlier career, back in the mid-'90s, actually, that's when I started this show, was in the mid-'90s, 1996. But I can remember a couple of years earlier than that and i was always fascinated by technology and how the the world had progressed and advanced and you know what what that kind of stuff took and uh, it was just really fascinating for me and i remember speaking at a um oh i can't remember it was uh, i think it was yeah, it was rotary and i belonged to rotary and they asked me if i would do a little talk there so I, sure and i started talking about uh the smartphones weren't calling them smartphones back then. That was before Apple or whoever it was that, that coined that term, uh, had actually coined the term. So I was talking about phones that you'd actually be able to look at each other on, you know do the FaceTime thing and, and the watches you can't still, you still can't do the FaceTime thing on watches yet. Uh, it may come at some point in time. I don't, I don't know if people would really like that that much because it's only like an inch by an inch screen, you know, that'd be pretty tough. But the, uh, I was talking about all this stuff, and one of the uh, members there looks at me and just goes, ah, "How could you be so positive?" <laughs> it was a female, by the way. But uh, how, how could you? How could you be so positive? Oh, uh, history. <laughs> I'm just looking in history. The uh, and that's the same thing I'm doing today. I, this, I don't have a crystal ball that works. The uh, I do have a crystal ball, and it doesn't work. And uh, if you come into my office, I'll show it to you. The uh, Did I just hit a button? Yeah. Is that? Oh, okay. Thanks. But yeah, you don't have to have a crystal ball that works because this stuff, you know, they roll it out. They talk about it years in advance of it coming out if you are paying attention. Now, if you're paying attention to the news on television or quite possibly on the Internet, the Internet's kind of half and half, but they're not going to cover this stuff until it's actually too late to do anything about it. I mean, it's by the time they get around to covering it, it's already there. So again, popular science, popular mechanics. Those are nice magazines. Um, there's MIT technology review. That one, uh, you know, don't buy that one. Go to the library. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty sophisticated and they're just, uh, well, by the way, get ready to get frustrated. Because there are lots of solutions to problems that we all have that never make it. For some reason, they just never make it. I guess they should take it to Shark Tank. But the uh, um, some really good ideas. And there are some fuel cells that use hydrogen, which is the second most abundant element in the universe. Might might be the first. I don't know. Yeah, I'll have to go back and Google that. <laughs> but it's super abundant. They use hydrogen. And they create electricity with it, and the only byproduct is water. And I kept thinking, "Wow, this is that—that that is it. That we're going to be—we're home. They can do this, you know, electromechanically generated electricity. The yeah, that is uh, redundant, <laughs> but it is awesome." <laughs> uh, I hear the music. That means I got to take a real quick commercial break. You listen to Bill Bullington right here on fourteen twenty. Stay tuned because I will be right back.
2: Last away.
0: Buongiorno. Buongiorno.
2: Buonasera.
0: Buonasera.
2: How can I make the most of waiting for my next big vacation?
1: Translate your questions into goals by investing with Merrill Edge Self-Directed. It's more accessible than you think, with helpful planning tools plus free online stock and ETF trades. So you can keep practicing your pronunciation. Merrill, a Bank of America company. Visit MerrillEdge.com slash within reach to get started
2: today. Investing involves risk. Merrill Lynch, Pierce, Fenner and Smith Incorporated. Registered broker, dealer, member of SIPC. Other fees may apply. Investment products are not FDIC insured or not bank guaranteed to may lose value. Jake Sekulow is watching a mess
0: in Georgia. Who couldn't get the ballot counting that done that night correctly. The whole thing's a fraud. What they need to do, what they need to do is say, you know what? This is a mess. We need to redo this or throw it to the legislature, whatever the Constitution of the state of Georgia says.
3: That they have failed as a state to carry out They
0: have failed as a state to carry out a fair, full election compliant with the United States Constitution's mandates. Jay Sekulow Live,
2: weeknights at 6, right before Larry Elder at
1: 7, on AM 1420, The Answer, and on Radio.com.
0: Looking for a great way to save on taxes? Look no more. Just call Our Lady of the Wayside at 1-800-368-6262 and ask about their car donation program. It's simple and it works for everyone involved. You donate your ride, you write off the selling price, and the money goes to help the physically and mentally challenged citizens served by Our Lady of the Wayside. The number to call, 1-800-368-6262.
3: Well, you want more,
2: so get more you ride to our lady on the wayside. Our suppliers pay us so you don't have to. Call 330-573-8147 for more details. Or you can visit our website at vacationfixation.com. Or check
0: out the deal of the day on Facebook, Vacation Fixation.
1: And we are back. Hey, if you'd like to schedule a call, come in and talk about your own personal financial uh, situation with me, just give me a call or go to my website. It's bullingtoncapital.com. You can sign up there and somebody will call you back pretty quickly. Um, And I have to uh, talk about last week. Last week, I talked about a couple of the articles I sent out uh, in my newsletter. I send a newsletter out every two weeks and I edit the newsletter. And I uh, select the articles for it. So uh, if you'd like to get on that mailing list, you know, feel free to go to my website again. It's BullingtonCapital.com. I will definitely sign you up for that. Uh, it's, uh, I like it. I, I subscribe to this service that allows me to get articles from Barron's, Bloomberg, Business Insider, Entrepreneur Magazine, Forbes, Fortune, Harvard Business Review, uh, Insuranceopedia, Investopedia, Iris Los Angeles Times. I think actually there are too many the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, The Garden, The Economist. There are literally a couple hundred. Boy, is uh, technology cool. Because <laughs> you, you could actually get lost in there, by the way. I, I sp- probably spend way too much time reading these articles in there and trying to decide which ones I want to send out. That's pretty tough. The, uh, so anyway, uh, I think t- today it's It's unbelievable how complicated everyone has made this business. And, you know, well, you're going to be wrong if you don't do this. Well, maybe, maybe not. You know, that that's one of the reasons that I guess people have advisors because trying to keep up with it's a lot. I, I'm sure I spend, I don't know, probably 15 hours a week minimally uh, just reading. And uh, that would be a minimum, by the way. <laughs> and it's a good thing I like this stuff. Because I can't imagine the torture of having to do that if you didn't like it. So, But anyway, uh, and we also know today, today is kind of an age of specialization. You really need somebody who can do taxes. Uh, You really need somebody who can do the estate planning stuff. Those are lawyers and uh, professional tax preparers. Those are almost a necessity now. And having someone who has talked to them, I'll tell you what, another necessity Somebody who understands health insurance—that is unbelievable how much in changes they've made to that, and just the Medicare programs. Holy cow! So I do. I'm lining up a guest who is a specialist in that area. I will tell you that this guy's—he's uh, relatively new to the industry. That's okay because if you're focusing on that particular area, that's something you could get down in less than a year. You could actually be an expert in that in less than a year. So he's going to be coming on and we're going to be talking about that because it is spooky. I mean, when you start looking at some of the stuff that you could potentially have to pay for, the, uh, um, and how to get coverage, do you get drug coverage? There's Medicare Advantage plans versus traditional Medicare. And it's just, it is mind boggling how complicated they've made all that stuff. I think the, uh, we have a, uh, caller calling in. if you'd like to call in it would be 216-901-0945 216-901-0945 and i have um almost forgot that number (laughs) it's actually written and it's right in front of me too (laughs) oh i guess they dropped the call but hey if you want to call in today and ask a couple questions 216-901-0945 216-901-0945 and uh that's one of the one of the roles that an advisor has is for you to be able to bounce ideas off. And I was given an idea about a month ago by, by a gentleman, and it is really complicated. <laughs> He's probably laughing right now because he knows who I'm, you know, he knows I'm talking about him. But uh, there are so many options. that That is pretty difficult. What's also difficult is setting your own goals. That That's not an easy thing to do, uh, setting a goal. But I'm going to help you out here a little bit, if you're uh, under the age of 50 and you're looking for retirement planning advice, this, let me tell you that you probably need about 80% of your pre-retire of, of whatever you make today to be able to continue your lifestyle. Why am I saying that? Well, you're not going to be paying Social Security out of your check in the future. And so that's going to give you about 7.5%. If you're self-employed, that's 15%. Yeah, and you're probably not going to uh spend well you're not going to be doing the saving either so you should be able to get by at 80 to 85 percent if you're saving enough money now you know you need to be saving 10 to 15 percent of your income that that's kind of a minimum 10 to 15 percent but if you're doing that you should be pretty good and my phones are actually uh lighting up by the way so i'm going to go to the phone call right now i've got uh i think is this joe hello Joe from Parma, I can't hear.
4: You cannot hear me. Oh, I can hear you now. (laughs) Can you hear me now? Yep. Okay. Awesome. Hey, quick question for you. Um, You actually, you mentioned Shark Tank earlier, and it Mm -hmm. made me think of Kevin O'Leary. And I was wondering what you thought of his basic investment strategy, because every time I hear him talk, he talks about his own Um funds that he has, and he calls them O-shares, and he always talks about, um, he's always emphasizing dividends and getting paid on a monthly uh, basis and that kind of philosophy, and I was just wondering if you ever heard him talk much, or does he make sense to you?
1: Um, I I tell you, I I have a hard time listening to that guy. Um, He's just so negative, and uh, he's such a smart aleck. (laughs) that i really i always said if i go on uh if i ever get a a shark tank product i'm going to come out and first thing i'm going to say is hey kevin i'm not going to go with you no no matter what so you can drop out of this now if you'd like (laughs) (laughs) he just he really gets on my nerves (laughs) but the uh i don't know what uh yeah so if he's the uh uh I haven't read anything by him. I really just I I just have such a dislike for the guy. I, I mean, I'm sure I, he yeah. probably has to be tough, you know, to be you know, as successful as he's been and all that kind of stuff. But the um, um I really don't know, you know. The uh, well,
4: let me ask the question this way then: like, aside from Shark Tank, mm-hmm. you'll see him; he'll be talking on CNBC or something, and totally, totally separated from you know that business, um. Persona or whatever, but then he talks about, you know, actual dividend investing and um, kind of like capital um, preservation and things like that. Those are the things I normally hear from him. Maybe maybe you don't tune in because you're
1: well, no, yeah, the uh, dividends are great. Um, You don't, you're not going to get a company that's very profitable, that's growing by thirty or forty percent a year, that's going to be paying a large dividend. Why would they do that? If they could invest that money back in their own company and earn, you know, 20, 30, 40% on it, why would they pay a dividend where they're going to get a 1% return from a CD? They would just continue to reinvest that in the business. So that, and that's one of the, I think conundrums, a lot of people run into when they start thinking about dividend investing, you know, everybody wants that 8% dividend yield that's going to grow by 15 or 20% a year. Oh, and, and tax free too. you know, we, we need that tax free part that, that I have people request that all the time are used to anyway, but the, right. um, uh, th- those companies don't exist. So getting paid back right away on something, you can do that with a privately held company, a publicly held company. Those are two entirely different things, but, and I'm not sure why you would want to take out, you know, if, if you really had the opportunity to grow your business 30, 40% a year, by reinvesting in the business instead of paying out a dividend, which you have to pay taxes on at that point in time, and then you've got to find other investments for that money. I, I'm not sure why you would uh, do that, uh, but and that's a tough call. that every business owner goes through that. Every business owner will uh, do we take our savings and invest in this new project, you know to continue to, to continue to grow? Uh, has Uh the market that we're in now is it saturated is there any more growth there these are all questions you know the ceos they don't really know the answers to that they know what they would like to do they might see potential and they'll talk about that potential but they don't know that they'll actually be able to capture it or if that is going to be the way that it goes i mean if ceos had the ability to uh accurately forecast the future no companies would ever get in financial trouble ever so and and that's one thing that people really don't like to hear i even hesitate to say it on on this program people want certainty they want i know this can grow 30 or 40 percent a year and pay a 10 percent dividend and it's going to be tax-free and the stock price is never going to go down and uh yeah you can probably sell that to a lot of people who are are willing to Listen to that because it's exactly what they want to hear, but actually mm. you know actually doing it is another thing entirely, and nobody's ever done all that by the way no, okay. <laughs> you, you've had, you've had a lot of companies that have grown by thirty forty percent a year for a long time. Microsoft is one of them. I think they may be the uh, have the longest track record of having above twenty five percent a year average annual re- uh, growth in in sales but um
4: okay. not- well, I appreciate it.
1: Well, I appreciate your call and, uh, Hey, have, have a good weekend and, uh, uh, happy belated Thanksgiving.
4: Hey, you too. Take care.
1: Thanks. Bye. And I'm going to go to Joe. Joe, you have a question or. Oh, I... Jerry. Okay. Well, I had two other calls. They, uh, they both hung up. I guess that answer was too long winded. Sorry about that. You know, I can kind of get, uh, on that sometimes. I'm glad the, the guy brought that, that question up because that does make you know um, a lot of sense. And I, I know if you're an investor and you're reading the stuff that you read in your, your daily newspapers, um, Wall Street Journal doesn't even give you enough information really to be able to look into a company and do real research. And uh, I know a lot of people think that, well, I'm not going to. Research in stocks, you know, I'm just going to buy funds. Well, guess what the funds are buying? <laughs> the funds are buying stocks. And and it helps. It really helps. If, if you want to make yourself feel better, investing is 90% mental. It's 10% knowledge. Actually, it's about 5% knowledge. And it's about 5% luck. But if you if you have the knowledge and you've got the temperament, eventually you'll get lucky. You know, if you've got the knowledge and the temperament, then eventually you'll probably get lucky, probably do fairly well. So when you're looking at investments and you're looking at uh, uh, you know, guarantees, well, the guarantees are things like fixed indexed annuities that we were talking about at some point in time. And we'll still continue to talk about that. That's a relatively new trend, by the way. That hasn't been around for all that long. A fixed indexed annuity. That's a that's an an annuity that's got a fixed guaranteed rate or it has the rate of return on an index. They have different levels of participation. So that, that is really complicated, but I like the, the fixed portion of those. And, And they're like, I think somebody called last week and asked me about that. And I said, yeah, there, there are more types, more annuities than there are models of cars that have ever existed you go back to the early 1900 and you count every model of car that ever existed, the number of annuities out there that are different. I mean, these are literally different. It's as different as a, as a Cadillac was to a model a, and there are more types of annuities than there are models of cars. So that's, I feel bad for the the general public. Those are tough. And uh, so when I go, when I look at those types of products, I try to go in and take a look at it, figure out okay, what is the most important thing about this? What am I trying to achieve, and will that help me achieve what I want to get out of it? So there are a bunch of different types of uh, products out there. We'll we'll continue to talk more about that because by the way, that's where the uh, um what should call it? Um, that's where the differences really come in and where you can actually make a lot of money that, uh, well, not a lot of money, but relative to CDs, let's put it that way. Your fixed indexed annuities are paying rates that are, can be higher. They don't work anywhere near the same, by the way. Um, we'll have to talk a little bit more about that, but I got to take another quick phone call here I've got, uh, Dave, Dave, you had a, uh, you want to talk about rail?
5: <laughs> yeah bill uh hello thanks for taking my call first off a uh, belated uh sympathy on the loss of your father
1: oh thanks i appreciate that
5: he um he was obviously a splendid man he uh raised a son like you
1: oh well i think uh he probably did a lot better than that the uh <laughs> well <laughs>
5: I in any it. case thank you uh yeah how about an old friend called rail are you still uh, holding on to that
1: you know and i sold it a, a few years ago and uh Actually, I held on to it for quite a while. In yeah, uh, well,
5: yeah. I don't know. Did you, did you notice Friday? On yeah, the volume of a mere thirty-three million shares. it right. was up thirty-seven percent. Yeah, uh, somebody buying it or something?
1: Probably. Um, yeah, you know, they've always had a, uh, uh, I thought, a value that was significantly higher than the stock was. Everybody was really upset over almost all railroads, and they were just tiny. You know, they were super small relative to other railroad manufacturing companies. Right. And uh, people thought that they were, you know, just, they were dead. They gave up on it. And that, that's the, uh, uh, that happens. And that, that actually happens quite a bit. And then, right. you know, something happens and they <clears throat> get, ex- people get excited about it or somebody comes in and says, Hey, you know, we'll buy that. For and, sure. Yeah. So that's the. For uh, sure.
5: And uh, while we're at it, how about another old horse? Um, remember good old big five sporting goods one I always liked there. Yeah. Uh, I guess back in the day around, what was it, around St. Paddy's Day or something like that, and I guess when uh, everybody thought uh, L.A. was, I guess, going uh, into the ocean or something, and it was uh, languishing around 50 cents. Now it's at uh, 10 bucks or whatever. I mean, a
1: 20-backer, you know. Yeah, well, what and, was the, uh, uh, I don't even remember the symbol on that one. That one came up on a different screen altogether. That was a, uh, a Momentum stock. Uh-huh. And BF, I can't remember the name of that or the symbol. Do you remember?
5: Did you, did you say that, um, uh, low price stuff like that? And then the $2 cut up bin is uh, kind of hard to, uh, kind of hard to, uh, to access and to trade, and, uh, because of what volume or just, uh,
1: oh, yeah, I know, there,
5: just, just it, difficult to take a position. in?
1: Yeah. It, it depends on how big you are, how much money you're investing in it. And, uh-huh. uh, yeah. So, but big so, five.
5: My my, my, my order for 10,000 shares would be tough to work. Is that what you're saying?
1: It, it might be. Hey, i got to take a real quick commercial break. Did you want to hang on?
5: Uh, no, that's all. Thanks a lot. That's uh, all all I had right. to ask you about. Thanks. But thanks so much. Sure. And, yeah. uh, take
1: care. Bye-bye.
3: Four seasons of winter,
2: and you. Call 330-573-8147 for more details. Or you can visit our website at vacationfixation.com. Or
3: check out the deal of the day on Facebook, Vacation Fixation. Hello, Cleveland. My dad grew up in Cleveland. I've lived in Cleveland my whole life, and Cleveland rocks. And as a Cleveland plumber, who's the son of a Cleveland plumber, one thing I can tell you is that Cleveland sewer pipes are all made of clay. And those clay pipe sections have seams every three to four feet, where roots can grow, cracks can develop, and offsets form, and that causes some nasty clogs. For most clogs, we can cable or jet them out fast and get the water moving. But to really fix the problem properly requires a cable machine a hydro jetter a camera several hours of work all of which every drain tech does have ready to go so at Wyatt works we embrace transparency we will bust the clog right away we'll show you on the camera and let you decide if you want to do a band-aid fix or a permanent fix either way the hard work and straight talking do it right drain techs at Wyatt works have got you covered consider it done at WyattWorks.com. License number 30185.
2: You can make a child's wish come true and have a chance to win a home for the holidays. Make a wish. The Home Builders Association's Charitable Foundation and News 5 have joined forces to raffle off a half-million-dollar custom home in Strongsville. The home is built by Parkview Homes and has 3,100 square feet of luxury living space, including a finished basement, sunroom, home office, and even a wine bar. It could be yours for $50. Buy one, buy two, buy as many as you want, and you may be the winner of one beautiful home when the winning ticket is drawn on New Year's Eve. Go to hbahomefortheholidays.org.
4: From an idea that started in 1967, Our Lady of the Wayside has grown to serve almost 900 children and adults with developmental disabilities throughout Northeast Ohio. It's an operation that is still growing thanks to tremendous support and generous donations like the Wayside's car donation program. You can donate your ride to the Wayside for a great tax write-off by calling 1-800-368-6262. The Wayside is also looking for people to join their team. They hire for attitude and train for skills. Visit
0: thewayside.org to apply today
1: and we're back hey if you would like to talk with me over the phone feel free to go to my website it's bollingtoncapital.com you can try to uh help you out as as much as I possibly can. Oftentimes people call in and uh, it uh, really doesn't have a whole lot to do with um, financial stuff, which is kind of interesting. But anyway, the, uh, I just wanted to go back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier, uh, how the economy is actually progressing, how, how much is actually some really good stuff is going on. Valuations right now are a little bit on the high side, not super high though. And I think if you're looking out over the next 10 years, five or 10 years, I think you're doing very well. Um, one of the things that I really need to focus on, I think, because of the aging of the population, uh, so more and more people are, are reaching that level of, of Social Security age, and they need to make their money last as long as they do, is you've got to have some income ideas that uh, are going to be around and, and that are better than 1% because that's what CD rates are. Um, that don't have a huge amount of volatility the way that stocks do. And, uh, one of the ideas I think is, is kind of interesting because after all these years, I'm, I'm, I'm still a little surprised that people still think that the thing to do is to try to jump in and jump out of the, the market and, and try to time it up that way. And a lot of them will actually call and say, well, I don't want to time the market, but you know, and what they actually want to do is time the market. I just want to. I just want to lock in my gains, and I don't want to have losses. And okay, you're trying to predict the market when you try to do that, because in order to to lock in gains right before the market goes down, you have to know when it's going to go down. That's the definition of market timing, and that's not a, a wise way to do it. The smarter way to do it is to go in with an allocation in mind. Let's say you do the risk decline tolerance test. Mine is super simple, by the way. How much money can you think? How much of a decline are you willing to sit through, in an order in uh, in an effort to reach your long term goals? Today, you know, unless you're super super rich, putting your money in CDs is really it's just not an option. I mean, but I know a lot of people are doing that, and for some people, actually, it is the right option because they they have they're so afraid and they have such a small tolerance for risk. Sometimes CDs at 1% or less, mostly less, are the right option. Why? Because it's their personality. And they've probably saved enough money to be able to, to make it on that. The vast majority of people are probably going to have to have something different. That's when it, you know, it pays to have somebody to talk to, somebody to ask questions to, somebody who's, who's constantly searching for that sort of thing, which is basically you know, what I do. Is I'm searching for investments to put together a portfolio that can see you through retirement when it's going to try to generate enough income for you to be able to retire and not have to go back to work if that's possible. The reason I say if that's possible, sometimes it's not. Sometimes people are going to have to work, you know, past their, the age that they would have liked to have worked the, uh, because Um, lifestyle, actually the stock market can have a big impact on that. And that is one of the things that is, it's kind of avoidable. Uh, when you have a certain amount of money, you know, you need to generate and you have a certain amount in your savings and you know, the stock market can fluctuate a lot. Don't put all your money in the stock market. Here's my rule of thumb. Take your decline tolerance. Let's say mine's at, at 40%. I can take a 40% decline. Why? Because I still plan on working for the next, you know, 10 years. Minimally, I still plan on working for the next 10 years and I'm willing to put up with that kind of a a volatility. So I could have up to 80% of my money in stocks and then if the market got cut in half the way it did in 2008 and 2009 or the way it did from the year 2000 to the year 2003, if things were down by half, by the way, in 2003, 2003, a lot of funds weren't down anywhere near 50%. In 2008 and 2009, it was a much higher concentration most funds went down quite a bit. So uh, just thought I'd throw that out there for your <laughs> for your, your benefit. But anyway, so if, if you're going to put money in stocks and you can't stand to see them drop by 50%, don't put all of your money in stocks. It's that simple. It is that simple. So figure out what you think you can do. I think I can put, I can take a 40% decline. Why? Because first of all, I'm not going anywhere. Secondly, I'm pretty sure it's going to come back. More importantly, I don't need the money for more than 10 years. So I've got a long, long time period. So, and that's the kind of stuff that that we do. I try to make it as simple as humanly possible. So let's say somebody comes in with the, um, a half a million dollars or a million dollars. you got a half a million bucks. And the uh, If you can't stand to see that drop by $250,000 or more, don't put it 100% in stock because you won't be able to jump out and jump back in. and if you do it once, by the way, it's gonna be luck. The, the problem with that is you've got to you have to stay lucky and at some point in time you end up you know just not doing well. So the better thing, my opinion, is to come in, understand you know markets are gonna fluctuate a lot. try to know yourself really well. When the market's down, go back in and look at it. When should you be looking at it? Anytime the market's been down more than 25%, that's when you want to start looking at rebalancing. And it's not taking money out of the market. It's actually adding money to the market. The 25% corrections are not that common. When they do come, a small percentage of those will go on even further and be down 50. So at that point, I'm probably doubling down again now if you're 80 that ain't happening (laughs) so if you're under the age of uh, 65 then yeah I think that's a smart thing to do so that's what I would uh, try to get through your mind is you won't know when the market's going to go down when it's going to recover predicting the future is an incredibly difficult thing to do especially with a high degree of accuracy so you just have to have a plan. Uh, And it may be the plan. Maybe I'm just going to hang on to what I got and stick it out. That's good. That's awesome. And you don't have to worry about any of this. Just make sure that stock side is really well diversified on the fixed income side. You know, we're holding a couple bond funds. Now I simplified it. I dropped it down to two. Why? Because they're managed by one of the largest asset managers on the planet. Uh, they've had very good track records and it's more for, uh, I invested it in more for safety of, you know, not having a huge drop in the value of those funds. They still fluctuate; they just don't fluctuate like stocks do. And uh, outside of that, we've been looking at fixed indexed annuities, regular annuities. Um, they're coming out with different types and features. They've always been doing that, by the way. That's why there's so many different models. And uh, but now I think that it's more than ever that's something that you really might want to look at. Why? Because the you can get an an income that's going to be substantially higher than you can get in CDs right now. The chances of CDs going up in in uh, value are actually the interest rate on them going up in value. In other words, going from a sub one percent to a four or five percent, they're extremely small. I mean that that's probably not going to happen for a decade. You know, listen to what Powell had to say about that it's that. that's probably the hardest part that most people they, they need a, a safer source. You know, I've been using uh, a couple of different products. Actually I've been using mostly one from nationwide uh, more recently over the last few months. It's got a really good return. But I feel like it's a really good return. If you'd like to know more about that, you know, feel free to give me a call. If you're getting close to retirement and you'd like to have a little bit more uh, predictability or, or certainty, I remember, these products are not governed. Uh, I mean, they're not guaranteed like a CD is by the FDIC or the uh, Treasury. That's the federal government. That's a really good guarantee, by the way, because the, the federal government owns their own printing presses and they can print the money and hand it to you. <laughs> but so you got to be careful with the, the types of companies you want to use. The more highly rated uh, companies there. In uh, I think that those are really good options for today. When you're looking at this today, I think I think it's a really good opportunity for everybody. Insurance companies can handle the risk for you. They're actually spreading that risk out over a large number of people. They can wait it out because they're companies, they're not people. So you get a, a much better uh, degree of safety letting the people that, that handle that do that for you. And uh, the rates of returns are extremely competitive. I don't have it pulled up on my laptop right now, but if you'd like to see some uh, examples of what you might be able to expect based on the money that you invest, just email me and I will email you a link where you can go in and you can play around with it. It'll show you if you put this much in, you could get this much out. and uh, Or if you knew how much you needed to have, it would tell you how much money that you need to have uh, invested to actually generate that income. So it's a fairly simple site to operate. And I really, again, I uh, think about uh, past experience with a lot of these products. These are relatively new. I think it's a great innovation that, that's come up with by a lot of different companies. Uh, so if you're really looking at trying to figure out how much income you can generate during retirement, this is a big deal. This is a really big deal. Income for retirement, this is a uh a huge innovation that's come to the industry and which is generally what happens. You know, somebody sees a need and then they build a product to fill that need. So when I hear the music, that means my show is actually over again. I appreciate everybody listening this weekend. I hope everybody had a happy Thanksgiving and uh, I'll be back again next week, Saturday morning, right here on 1420. This is Bill Bullington. Have a good week, good investing and Good luck. <laughs>
2: You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report,
4: broadcasting...